Okay, so we march onwards in our, in our series today, and we're now at, at a very interesting point. We've skipped from the Bar Mitzvah and the Bat Mitzvah to engagement in our crash course of Jewish, uh, um, of Jewish lifestyle. Now, there happen to be a few things that do happen in between, hopefully. Um, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's graduation from uh, middle school, there's graduation from high school, there's yesh- yeshiva, there's uh, college, there's, you know, perhaps an internship, maybe a job or two, depending. So there are a few things that happen in between, but we're going to focus on the religious ceremonies as well. Of course, there's much room for a lot of religious involvement and input in between. But in terms of the milestones of life, we sort of drift on to this next, this next stage. I want to start off by thanking um, our sponsors this morning. First of all, to Suri, Suri Stone, who is uh, sponsoring this entire series. Thank you for, for, for um, supporting and, uh, and being connected through this learning together. It's a, a continued pleasure. Um, th- this morning as well, is, uh, uh, we, we are also um, learning Le'ilu Nishmas, um, Rabbi da- Daniel Rosenthal and Erwin Fish, um, Rosemary's husband of blessed memory, and, 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 and right, just whose, whose shiva is just finishing right now as we speak. Be'ezos Hashem, the Nishmas should have an aliyah, God willing, God willing, and welcome back, Rosemary. It's wonderful to have you back here. Um, I also want to thank Sandy and Ed Clark, who are sponsoring for two yard sites. First, the 33rd yard site of Sandy's grandfather, Mr. Chaim Hellman, Chaim Ben Klonimus, and also the 41st yard site of Ed's grandmother, Mrs. Sadie Clark, Zissel Bas Moshe Asher Zelig. The years may march on, but the memories don't change. And that's. Uh, um, it's important that there's somebody who, to remember and somebody to continue to tell the story. But as a Hashem, their story should always continue. So you, we say, well, we restage, start this next stage, and you say, well, is engagement even a Jewish thing in the first place? Engagement is perhaps one of the most complicated and uh, highly charged times in life. There's a lot, a lot, a lot over here. What does what does the Torah say about this at, at all? So the truth is, is that a lot of times when we, we look at engagement, we look towards a, a model which the Torah does talk about, which is called a Rusin. That's usually what we, we, we refer to as the model. What is a Rusin? So it seems that it's some sort of connection or some sort of commitment um, um, between a young man and woman. So the, 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 for example, the Torah, talks about, the Torah talks about this, unfortunately, in the situation of, um, of, uh, um, of infidelity. So the, 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 the Torah tells us in, in Sefer Devarim, Let's say there's a woman who is ma'orasa, betrothed to a man, but then she has a relationship with somebody else. That's considered as, a, um, a, as adultery. That's why that, uh, so which means to say that a rusin is some stage of commitment before the marriage. And that stage is now an indication of connection between the two of them, so much so that anything in between would be considered adultery. That's what people usually talk about. And the reason why people usually talk about this is because the Erusin, in the times of the Torah, and in the times of the Gomorrah, Mishnah and Gomorrah, was a stage which usually was about a year in advance of what we call marriage. The word for marriage the Torah uses is Nisuin, or Konsa, um, bringing her into his house. That's where that would be later. Erusin would not be that, that stage yet. So there would be this earlier stage of commitment and a later stage of, of uh, consummation or, or really living together. And so we kind of sometimes you see how those terminologies 
used together. The truth is that's not the way it works anymore. But let's just do a little bit of background quickly. So Kiddushin, what was Kiddushin? So how was that commitment um, formulated? So the Mishnah tells us at the beginning of Kiddushin that there are three method, uh, methods which were, which were used. One is, um, one was Kesef Shtar Ubiyah, which means to say Kesef is where the man will commit to the woman something of value and she accepts it. The man will give her a document indicating his commitment to her, and she'll like thank you, and she'll accept it. And the third one is um, is a um, consensual relationship between the two of them. The Gemara makes it very clear today that um, the third option is not the way that the that, that things are done today. That's uh, that's not uh, an acceptable. Um, no, morally acceptable way that things are done, and in fact, it's a punishable offense if that is um, the case. The Gemara in Kiddushin on Daf Yud Beis um, tells us. Um, so, the, the, but let's let's turn to the first two. So, what would really happen? So, let's say um, uh, um, a a a young man and a young woman are going out, or their parents have made an arrangement, whichever method of the whole process we're going to talk about. And they realize, their parents realize that, that it's time to get married. So in the, day, in the days of yore, what happens is, is that he would give her something of value and say to her, whatever it is, whatever it is that he gave her, something of value. And by her accepting it, her consent, they now are in a stage called a rusin of betrothal. And then they would wait 12 months, sort of prepare themselves, get ready for the wedding, and also set up their home. And, and, uh, and then later on, there would be nisuin. And Nisuin would be when either they're secluded, they start living together, and that's sort of the marriage, that would be the chuppah, that would be later on. What we do today is, in a certain sense, we abridge that whole process. What do we do? We push together the Erosin, which we also call Kiddushin, and the Nisuin into one ceremony. So the ring-giving ceremony under the chuppah is really the original Erosin. And then we just read the ksub in between just so to, to, to create a little bit of a break. That's an inconsequential halachic moment, but it's just to create a little bit of a break to describe the, the, the responsibilities of husband to wife. And, um, and then we go on to Nisuin, which is them standing under the chuppah in some, in some traditions. They say they have a, a talus over them, which is part of that. And then they go and seclude themselves as a husband and wife for a few minutes as well. Um, so that, that becomes, we put the two ceremonies together. That becoming, that becoming the case, so you say, well, is there anything left for engagement? So like, at this point in time, then really it could just be, is like, and there was this, this situation in the five towns recently, right? Anybody remember there was, yeah. there was a wedding over last, last, um, last there was an engagement party last summer that turned into a wedding, right, at the at Sardic Temple. And, uh, and so it, it was definitely very surprising. But like, let's say, so is engagement really a, a thing or is this really just a secular, um, you know, experience that we've adopted for ourselves being assimilated into the values of the Western society around us? So um, the truth is, is actually it is a thing in Halakha. Even without the Rusin being separated from the Nisuim like it used to be in the times of the Gomorrah. And by the way, why that faded is a matter of conjecture. So some, some would suggest that it's just people who are much poorer. It was harder to, to arrange two ceremonies and to have this whole Kiddushin ceremony and, um, and the Suim ceremony. Things are the opposite today. Thank God for, for a, lot of, a lot of Jews living in the West. But being, being, being in those days, I said, let's collapse it into one. But what, what do we do at the beginning? Is there a beginning and how long does that need to be? So the truth is there is supposed to be another beginning, even absent of the Erosin. 
And this process, it will, look, look what the Gomorrah describes on the bottom of page two. The Gomorrah says in the condition of Yud Beis and Beis, it says, Rav would, uh, would, uh, would punish a person, a person who just betro- get, get married in the marketplace. That a person would, uh, using the third um, um, option um, of, uh, of Kiddushin, uh, he felt was inappropriate. And then also a person who just would get married without a, uh, without a Shiduche. Now, that doesn't mean without a Shadchan. What that means to say Shiduche means an arrangement. It actually comes to a Shadach, actually according to one of the Aramaic translations, comes to the word Khan, right? Which means to say there needs to be some sort of arrangement which generates calm. What does that mean? So the, on the most basic level, where there's many people who describe this. Um, Rashi says on the top of page three, he says, "What's better, shadich? Shediber ba kodem lakain v'nis ratzesh this kadosh First, it has to be that they, they, they themselves. He speaks to her. He says, "I'd like to get married to you." She agrees. There has to be some sort of agreement. And then accompanying that, the Gemara describes as well that there is some sort of bilateral commitment that they make towards the marriage as well. So this isn't. So what Ravi is saying is, just for a, for a couple to suddenly you know fall into marriage like that, that's not appropriate. That's not that's not the way things should should be done. Beloishiduche. There needs to be some sort of degree of sitting together. Let's figure let's figure this out. Who's going to do what and plan things out? It's not the same degree of connection and commitment as a Rusin would have been when it was earlier, but it's, it's saying, let's, let's, let's figure this out. Let's, let's plan, that, plan this out as well. And the Shulchan Aruch says this. The Shulchan Aruch says in, in Evan Ezer, top of page three, it says, If a, um, a young man decides to get married through the process of Kesef or Shtar, um, so through um, giving her an item of value or giving her a, 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 a commitment in writing, and she accepts it. If it just happens to Hans, you know, he's, he, he's at camp and he says, oh, I'm going to marry you with a slice of pizza. You know, these kind of things happen from time to time. Right? It's a little bit of a problem. Right? So he says, the Eros and the Kiddushin could be effective, but that's not, that, that, that person should, uh, should be punished for that. That's not appropriate. And the Ramos says, haven't seen the punishment exacted since the Ramos, but that's not the way to do things. So there needs to be some sort of shiduchin, or shiduche, which is this uh, um, arrangement as well. Um, <coughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, Warsaw seems to still be doing things, right? So, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it seems to be that there's some, some degree of uh, what we call internal, uh, internal uh, implementation is, is over there. So there needs to be some degree of, um, of, of commitment, and that commitment has, has, has an import from both sides. It's, it's first of all that the two of them agree to get married, which we'll call that engagement. Will you? Absolutely. And then, and then some sort of uh, um, a, a, a commitment as well. Yeah, sorry. Well, what would happen if uh, it doesn't work out after the Arusin? In terms of? Do you need a guess? Yes. If it was a Rusin, yes. Um, so so, so, so in, a, in a Rusin, there's a commitment. There's a Ksuba uh, already from the Rusin side. But uh, because we put the Rusin under the Chuppah now, so it doesn't usually happen that there's a divorce between the two, right? right. Um, but the question is from engagement, right? So uh, from engagement, let's say from Shiduche, 
right? Then that's, that's a, we'll call it a broken engagement and it has financial implications, which the Gemara and the Shogunrok talk about, uh, you know, like who keeps what. So those are, the, 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 that's discussed in great length as well. But uh, the, the Shidduchim does not require get, but from Eruz said it would. So that's why, in fact, that's why when the Torah talks about Ma'araha Ma'arasa, when it talks about somebody who's in the stage of Erusin, that means to say that the, that, that person is essentially quasi-married, right, um, in the Kodeshes, um, and, and is treated as such. Uh, yes? When you said about value, something of value, he gives her something of value, was it those days perhaps a cow or chicken? Uh-huh. Or it had to be jewelry? So it's a good question. Generally speaking, we'll get there hopefully next week when we talk about marriage. Um, but uh, but generally speaking, the custom has, the custom has evolved to be the, the already at the time of the Rishonim, at least the interpretation of the this, they talk about uh, they do talk about tachshitin, which are which is jewelry. Uh, but the, we're going to see that the, the simplicity of the jewelry is important because it needs to be that's of obvious value to both sides. So once you start getting into fake materials or even things which have stones or engraving, there might be assumptions, let's say, on either side. But you, let's, let's say that the young lady says, oh my gosh, you got me a 24 carat, something like that. And that's, and that's how you marry. And it turns out to be cubic zirconium. And, 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 then, and, then, and so in a certain sense, her expectations of what he was committing to her as a symbol of his commitment might be uh, um, undermined. We don't want to have any questions surrounding that. So that's why it's turned to be a simple aspect of jewelry as well. Um, now, it's very important to give gifts, both directions. They should be done many, many times. But under the, for, the, for the sake, it's going to be the more simpler of things. Yes. Was Tanaim Erosin? We'll get there in a second. Yeah, we'll get there in a second to, to the Tanaim. Yes. Good question. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of service right now, just going through myself, but I don't remember offhand. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, so let, 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 now, there's, there happens to be another few things that go go along around here, and that is is there is a notion of sivlonois, which are uh, which is seems to be some some gifts which were sent. The Mishnah describes of Basra in the ninth parak that after in the original Erusin there was a there was a notion of Sivlonos. And those Sivlonos took the form of jewelry, took the form of uh, um, foods that, that let's say they would be in the old days. Remember how it would be? You'd have Erusin and then you'd have this the, the, so we'll have our betrothal and then we'll have a wedding later on. So what would happen is is, is groom would be responsible to send gifts to her and to her father's house. And oftentimes he'd come over to partake in it. He'd send uh, a food and cake to the meal and after they rusted in, come and spend the time with them as well. And this would be a notion of called Sivlonos. The discussion becomes is today where, let's say, that's not really happening in the Kiddushin phrase because we're, we're at the, the chuppah. We'll get the, to, that, to that later about the expectation of gifts. But... Um, what happens in the Shidduche phase? So let's say there's an engagement which is made. So the, the, it seems that we follow a similar pattern, pattern that he has the responsibility to give her a gift. And following the way it's described by the Rashbam and the Bartanura on that Mishnah, um, it's, it does refer to some sort of jewelry, some sort of, some sort of gift to, um, to her um, as well. Does it have to be a ring? The answer is no. Does it have to be diamond? It may be a girl's best friend and it is Western... Uh, it is Western convention today, but that's not a Jewish convention per se. He should be giving her a gift, right? But if it's going to mean to say taking out another mortgage before even talking about the marriage, that's not the way to go. 
and and with the greatest respect to all the diamond merchants out there and diamond cutters, and there were lots of Jews on Forty Seventh Street. But at the same time, there, there are alternatives. There are alternatives. But it has become a con, a, a convention um, today. I was actually just speaking to a few um, diamond dealers recently. The, the the market is taking a bit of a blow right now because of lab-grown um, diamonds right now, which are almost indistinguishable, more per- perfect than uh, it's the same material um, as. Uh, um, as, uh, as a diamond and it's uh, ta- uh, taking the market uh, from a different angle. What is interesting about this, just as a, for those who are um, I- uh, interested, if you ever read any of H.G. Wells, um, science fiction writer, the end of the, twi- of the 19th century, so he wrote many things. Famously, he wrote The War of the Worlds, World, Time Machine, all those things which, you know, but one of the short stories you read, these are very disturbing stories, is about a fellow who invents a, ho- a lab-grown diamond and he can't sell it for the world because people will think he stole it because there's no possibility. And he sort of dies with his diamonds. You know, he doesn't, he's not able to. But today we're there. The science section has arrived. So it's, it's be there. But be it as it may, let, you know, we need to make sure, uh, make sure that we understand and perhaps, you know, appreciate the Western convention. But that is not our convention. Our convention is gifts need to be given. And the gifts are from groom to, um, to, to fiancé. That is important, and that's and it is achieved by the ring, but it doesn't have to be specifically that way in that in that in that same in the, in the same way. But it is another way of concretizing the relationship. The one thing which one should be aware of is to be a little careful around the ceremony, as the Rama puts points out Shulchan Aruch in Evno Ezer in Simon Nun. That the Rama says is, is that, oh, and this is a long discussion in Alacha, is should we be concerned that that ring giving might be confused with? A marriage, Kiddush and Erusin, maybe, maybe that becomes, then yeah, we've just sort of recreated the old method by that, by that level of, um, of giving. So the Ramos says we do not need to be concerned about this, um, ultimately. He, say, he says that in the end of the day, I'll take a look at the top of page four. After a commitment of engagement, we don't have to worry about Yom or Yomayim, a day or two after the engagement, Ein Lachush Lahem Klal. You don't have to worry about them. We know that he's already made the commitment. Why would he be marrying her two days later? Like, why would he be deciding that he's going to like marry her suddenly now? They, 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 they have a date. April 13th. They've got a, you know, <laughs> they've, they've got the all. Why would he be marrying her? And then he says another thing, which is the, is the practice today as well. If you don't have witnesses, then it isn't a thing, which is usually the way it is. If you think about how the engagement works, right? He gets down on his right knee, right? His friends over there taking the picture. There's the rose petals, right? And he pulls out the ring, right? But the point is that there's no, there's no witnesses. You need to make sure it's not an official ceremony, right? Make it an unofficial ceremony. And that's usually the way it is. Because then as an unofficial ceremony, it's very clear that this is a gift. This is not kiddushin. This is not marriage. Um, and and that, would be, uh, that would be sufficient. If it becomes a thing where it's all the guys' friends and all the girls' friends and the whole thing like that, you have to be careful just to, not to, to make sure that it's not, not that way. But the Ramos says that's not, that's not what we're doing. So it shouldn't be confused as such. Yes? What, what is the so-called board? How does that fit in? Okay, we'll get there in a second. So, so the, are, are there ceremonies with, uh, with, uh, with, with, uh, that are surrounding this? So Chaya aptly asked, and uh, it makes sense because Chaya has got Hasidish blood in her. Um, which is, uh, which is um, in the Hasidic world, it's still in, in effect today. And that is, is that in, a, in association with this notion of shiduche, of this idea of commitment, comes this, uh, this notion 
that there's a commitment by both families to this process. So it, although the Gemara says this can be achieved verbally, right? So he sits down and a handshake or whatever it is, they, you know, this is, this is going to be a, um, even a handshake's more than verbal, but they, let's say that, that every, it comes to an agreement on this. The truth is, is that it, it has evolved. And as the Shulchan Aruch talks about, Listen to while the Shogunar says in the middle of page four, when you want to make your commitments in this process called Shidduchim, which we call engagement today, um, we try to make it in a way that it's not just in the air. We try to make it in a way that it's not just uh, um, a, 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 a verbal agreement. So we say that everybody should be committed in um, in, in in a way they, they need to actually um, they need to actually commit themselves um, in a way that is uh, um, is in writing. So they, they make commitments to each other, which are going to be dependent on getting to the chuppah, and um, it needs to be da- done in such a way. In fact, the, the Ramah goes on to describe, or the, the Shona goes on to describe, that there's in fact a knas associated with this, meaning there's a penalty if this is broken, which is also committed to on both sides. And in fact, the document is, goes to both, to both of them. You know, there's two documents. Actually, I was just at a wedding last week, Rav Shechta, sorry, Rav, Rav Feldman, Rav Daniel Feldman was the Masada Kedushin. Rav Shechta and Rav um, Willig were the Adem, Adem Kedushin, so they were definitely married. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and it was uh, Rav Feldman, of course, is a Talmud of Rav Shechta, and he wrote two sets of Tanaim at the Chuppah, and he sent one to her side, which is what the Shulchan Aruch says. If this is a bilateral commitment and both sides are agreeing to it, then you need to make sure that both sides have the documentation of such. Um, that, and that would be and that would be the practice. And uh, in fact, this was the practice in the in the in the Hasidic worlds. Um, it's still, it is the practice in the Hasidic worlds today. Um, and we'll see why in just a second that it doesn't seem to be as much in, in the Sephardic and Ashkenazi worlds as um, to the same degree. But the, what had happened is people would get engaged, and the engagement would be a sit-down meal primarily for both sides of the family. And at this meal, this document would be signed. The document of the or what would be called the tanaim, which means the conditions, and who uh, who who does it govern? So it usually governs actually the families, the both families, and how they're going to interact with each other financially, what commitments they're going to be. I don't know if they put in the acronym flop. I don't know if that was there in the in the in, in the in the actual tanaim. But if you look at the older tanaim, and you can still get them, they have. Uh, they have a space to talk about what the financial commitments are, what side X is doing, what side Y is doing, and it's, it's detailed. And you say, well, like, why are we getting into granular details? The answer is because, unfortunately, we need to sometimes. It's just, it's important to, the, the more transparency, the less surprises, the less surprises, the happier the wedding. So it's, it's, it's important to have these kind of conversations um, and to, to do these things. So what would, what would happen? That when this was done, this was done in, in, the, in, in the primary way that we execute legal documents in, 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 in Halakha. And how is that? Not through a signature, but through a Kenyan. Right? So every, again, there's different formalities and different conventions in different societies. Today, a signature is sufficient in many contracts yeah, legally. And an electronic signature today for Halakha, that also does have value. 
It has to have consequence, but the primary way of doing things is a Kenyan. You'll notice in the Sephardi world, when it comes to, let's say, the Ksuba later on, they, they involve another few Kenyans. So you'll notice, if you ever watched a Sephardi Ksuba being finished under the Chuppah, you'll notice the rabbi will shake hands with the Chosen, because that's another form of, of commitment as well as through, through a handshake. But be it as it may, we, uh, a Kenyan is sufficient, and that Kenyan is ratified in the presence of witnesses. In this case, the chassan and the kala are not actually involved. It's really dad of one family representing dad of another family. It doesn't have to be a dad if there's no dad. And then, and then what, what happens is moms actually break a dish um, as, as well. Uh, this, that, that is what, what, what is done to, to consummate this. And in fact, the Taz says regarding the ceremony is that it's important, therefore, to have the, the people, notables of the town, not notaries, but notables in the sense, Ed, we, we'll always invite you. Um, but, but, but the point is that notables is, is, uh, is, is people of distinguished like yourself, Ed. Um, but the point is it doesn't have to, it's not a legal thing, but it's a, but a notable means to say that it gives consequence to this. So it's not just the families. We'll have people of the town, you know, the, you know, the mayor, the, this, that will, will come and uh, the rabbi will come, and, and them being there also gives gravitas to the ceremony as well. So it isn't just a fly-by-night, and sometimes you ask one of those people <coughs> to read it as a, f- as, as a reflection of the fact that this is a commitment. Yes? Prenuptial. We'll get, we'll get, there, we'll get there hopefully next time. Yes? What actually is the reason why the dish broken? Good question. So there's a number of reasons. So that's the top of the next page. Um, there, there's, there, there's three reasons given. We'll take a look at the last two um, on page five. It says, So they would, they, you'll notice that's different to a chuppah where you break a glass dish or glass cup um, at, at, a, at the, at the, at the Tanaim stage, at the early part of the engagement, they would break an a earthenware dish. I remember actually, I was actually at a hall, which was like the first time they would do their holding weddings. And they, uh, and they said, we need a dish, you know, and they, so they wrapped up something in Corel. It was like, it was really tough. <laughs> and there was no hammer. So you should have seen the mothers were going at it on this chair. You know, like, it was like such a great ad for Corel. <laughs> right, so it wasn't working. So it's supposed to be earthenware. Why earthenware, says the Likute Mairan. He says, um, It's 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 kind of like a a, it's almost like a symbolism of earth. Earthenware is is something which is sort of from made from the clay of the ground, and so a reminder that we're all here for a very short period of time, and we're all and and don't don't make this relationship simply a a relationship of lust and material and material necessity. There's, there's, there's a higher calling over here. Just remember, we're all returning to the same, the same six feet under, right? So that's, it's sort of that, that kind of reminder, which reminds us, if this, is, this is less about Yerushalayim, which we'll see under the chuppah, but this is, um, this is, this is more of a sort of a wake-up at the beginning of the process. But he quotes the Sefer, told us, Aaron, so again, he's a Hasidish Svarim, uh, in the last paragraph, Hatam Loma why is it that it's earthenware at the engagement and it's glass at the wedding? So glass can be repurposed. 
Earthenware cannot be re, um, co co corrected after it's been through the kiln. Once it's broken, it's broken, which means, so the Baal Shem Tov says, it's more consequential breaking a Tznaim than it is of even sort of going back on a wedding. And uh, uh, what's interesting, just in terms of the glass, actually when we, we went to Tzfat um, um, a year ago, and there's a lady over there who makes these little glass, um, who makes glass cups. She, and people take them for the wedding, they break them, they send it back to her, and then she makes a she makes a cup with the shards of glass. She melts it back in, and that'll be like a, a memorabilia for the wedding. So you can repurpose glass, right? So, but when it comes to shidduchim, when it comes to breaking its name, more consequential. There seems to be some sort of besides the knas which you talked about. There seems to be some sort of cherem as well. It seems it's 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 seen as a bad thing to to do to 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 break its name, which is why, in many communities, the custom has been to either remove the time altogether to avoid breaking such a thing. Let's make it less formal, right? Let's make it less formal to avoid that, um, as an example. Or, and, and perhaps a ceremonial, um, in a ceremonial way, what do we do? We fast forward the time to the wedding ceremony itself. The Sfarim don't do this, but the reason why it's done at the wedding, then is a certain sense is it's acknowledging the process, but without get, entering into the level of commitment that uh, that would be a problem with breaking because listen the engagements break and and for good reason many uh, many times and and so one doesn't want to be incurring that uh, that what what the the, the Baal Shem was talking about Kabbalistically whatever that means that is sort of irreparable um, and uh, and that's and that's what the and that, uh, that's why it's done as it is which would mean to say and therefore Rav Moshe Feinstein says when talking about this is so therefore we need to have a, a text which is therefore reflective of the fact that it's more ceremonial. Then financial, right? So the 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 time that we're supposed to use um, on the day of the wedding is therefore much more a, a general description in nature than it is about the specifics. So we shouldn't be using the one with the, all those extra lines which describe what each family is doing. Um, and but it is important to be able to do it. So here is actually the text that Rav Moshe um, uses on it's on page six. This is what it's found in a sefer which is called the Nachlas Shiva. Um, and the Nachlas Shiva goes through this, uh, this process of Shidduchim. And, he, uh, and he, in this he says, he, he quotes the, the, this over here. And you can see it's very general, but it's important just to be aware of how this works. So it, first of all, it describes a Magid Meireshis Achrish, so Yutain Shem Tov Sha'eris Lidivra Ha'bris Vatanaim Shinidbur Vuhusnu Bain Hanishnat Stadim. So Hakosh Baruchu, right, should, should, should bless and give a Shem Tov to. Um, to, to this process which is made between the two sides. And who are the two sides? And it describes dad number one, who stands on behalf of the groom. Remember, groom is not active in this. He may look in, but it's really dad number one taking and doing a kinna, which is his form of executing his responsibility. And on the second side, and it refers to um, dad number two or representative number two. In a lot of cases, not a lot, there are some cases where there's no dad, right? So there's no dad on the other side, right? So it, it can be mom, it can be another agent. There's other people who can do, you have to obviously change the language as is necessary. And then it describes who's standing on behalf of the, the young lady. And what does it say? So now the language that Rav Moshe uses is, so at this point in time, as we're about to get to the marriage, we want to make sure, we want to ratify that everything that has been committed has been paid. 
Everything's been committed, has been paid. So you're saying it doesn't sound so romantic. It's like, yeah, well, you can't really have romance without having commitment, right? So it needs to have, needs to have been achieved. Otherwise, it's only going to be angst and um, agitized. So, um, so that means to say, now, in the, in the original tonight, it would be, no, no, this is what I'm committing to in order to fulfill by the wedding. This is, no, no, at this point in time, all that left is uh, uh, to is, And there's no longer any problems between the two families. And all that's left, all that's left is which are those two stages we talked about before. As is, that's the fine print. That means to say, as attached to all the halakhas that are appropriate for this. But Yom X on the Chodesh X, and that's the day of the marriage itself. So that might be the next day, because let's say it's in the afternoon where the Tanaim are being say, say, done, and then it's going to be sunset. And the, the chuppah, um, you know, and the procession, which will take two and a half hours, will uh, um, is going to be a lot of time. Definitely not full, so maybe referring to the next day. <laughs> and no one is going to be withholding any of the commitments they made, right? So I said I'm going to play for the band, but really, I, you know, I'm still withholding because I didn't like, really like him so much. No, no, um, you, uh, I'm not paying overtime. No, you, you're going to do everything. That's it. And everyone's going to act like Yirei Hashem Yishbarach. I always, like I was telling you, I always ask when I meet with Chassan and Kala, I say, do you know what the time is? So the Chassan kind of vaguely knows that they need to stop eating for a moment, you know, while their friends, their friends, the uh, time is red, you know. Uh, and the, the Kala has no idea, of course, because she's not there. But um, it's good. So I go through, to let, let's read what this is about. Um, and it, it's important to know this because sometimes knowing this about this at the beginning of engagement is important to set the tone for the engagement as well. There, I have been at weddings where I've officiated, where I said, look, I can't sign. I can't let you guys sign the time if you're not going to make up. You know, so it, it, it is, no, it's not obvious that, I mean, when, when there's been so much pain, I, I, at one wedding I had to have the two dads shake hands and say, listen, we're going to let bygones be bygones in order to sign this. I say, because I'm not signing the time until you actually are committed to the words inside you, because otherwise it means nothing. So it does have um, import, but hopefully we don't get to that. Hopefully it's not necessary. But this is, the, the, this, this is, is, is sort of setting the tone, not just for the chast and the kala, but for the families themselves, which is, which is very, very important. And then, of course, that's executed and is signed. David, yes? Why is, why is the place broken, place broken by the not sure. Not sure how the convention became. I, I, I see it as already playing a role. Dads, the dads, Kenyan moms. Um, I, I don't know. They want to make the jewelry out of it. What was that? They want. They want the. Uh, <laughs> you know. I decided to know him. There you go. So a lot of people did. My sister. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Remember when my sister had time. The emotional time was not as. People, yeah, people did this. The document said this time's going to get so much closer for young people. Yeah. This was, this was an, but this was an off-the-shelf standard time. Yeah, yeah. If you go to Judaica Plus and you ask time, you will find that time is available. Yeah. And it has lots of spaces and lines, and it no says line. this side is, is, you know, a list and so on. It had no lines. It was just a format. Oh, yeah, no, so... The so form said the groom's size committee for clothing for this, and this, for that. this was the standard. Right? Yeah, so, so this, and that's the way it was, and that's what the Taz says as well. What is um, one of the... Commitments are commitments. I don't know. In the end of the day, so this is financial commitments of the two families. Um, you can have agents do it, but again, you have to know what you're committing to. Again, the same way that I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to sign anything I, uh, I haven't seen and committed to myself. I'm not going to uh, have an agent do that either. Um, but the, the truth is, is, is that today, um, is that today we don't, we don't, a lot of, a lot of people don't, don't do this. They'll do it ceremoniously at the end of the engagement process to avoid 
with the breaking of its name. Um, but instead, what has evolved is, as was described beforehand, is the notion of some sort of party. Now, the, the, oftentimes there'll be a lachaim, but a lachaim is usually meant to be like a smaller thing. It's like, you know, the couple just didn't get engaged. She'll come to her dad's house and there'll be family there. And it'll literally be a lachaim. It'll say mazel tov. It's usually a smaller kind of event these days, you know, sort of with the shh, don't say anything arrangements three weeks in advance. You know, it's become a little bit more, a little more, a little bigger. But then if we want to do more of a, 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 a party, they, we, we often call that a vort. Um, and so that's not, it used to be called tonight, but if, if one's not doing the tonight, it's a vort. And kishmoi kainu, it should be that sunny says a devar Torah. And in fact, uh, in the, those, those who took it seriously will actually have food and a meal there, and it'll be uh, a, a, a vort. And a lot of times it used to be a sit-down thing, and the chassan had something to say. And it wasn't just uh, about drinks and dancing, it was also, it was also just a more formalized um, ceremony. But it was less, we, the commitments, obviously, the, the family start talking to each other, but it's going to be less formalized in the, fa- the, the face of tonight. Paula, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I want to get there. I want to get there perhaps next week because uh, there's, there's so much. There's so much to do. I wanna, uh, it's a, it's a, a complicated topic. It is a newer thing, and as uh, but I'd like to do a deal with it more, more, more comprehensively. We don't yes, have the time right now. By the way, it's a Meshem Yatzad Dover by Rivkin. Love it. Meshem Very good. That's oh, thank you. That's a very good word. Um, um, so, um, so, uh, but no, the, the people should have something to say, and uh, the chassan should really have something to say. Um, but um, so, let, let, let me do, let me just uh, get a little bit of, uh, more because is that there are other things which are important to take take care of during the engagement, which people are not aware of oftentimes, and that is the shulchanar talks about this in multiple places, in actually in chosh but not on even ezer, and that is take a look at the top of page seven. It's uh, the 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 shulchanar actually the ramah in 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 chosh mishpat. Kuf um, Kuf Pei Hey um, tells us Hashadchan. You know, so you see with our guys in the second line on top of page seven. Hashadchan, the person who's the matchmaker, have kamoi sarsor is an agent. Vimashadchan writes says she yishamu loymiyad schar shadchanusoi vabalim einon writes in the shalem adanisuim toloi b'minag hamedina. So the agent, which is in this case the shadchan, wants to be paid at the beginning of the engagement period, and they say no. We will pay you uh, when the marriage has happened, when you've, you know, when you've come through, we've pulled through. Then it depends on what the minag is of that particular locale. And the Shulchan goes to this, um, uh, um, to, the, uh, to, to this uh, through this, and it treats it as any other sarasu which has a financial res- responsibility. What does that mean? That means it's important, this is sometimes forgotten, is to pay the Shadchan. And the Shadchan is, a, it could be an official matchmaker, it could be a friend, it could be somebody who was the go-between, the interlocutor of, um, of this relationship, and, um, and it's important. Um, they, as in any other agency, how, does, how do agencies work? Agencies work is they connect you to the best possible options in what it could be a, um, a travel agent, deal, right? So what are they doing? They're, they're giving you access, and they're doing all the legwork to make sure you have a flight. deal here, you have a person who you perhaps wouldn't have met somebody else through, or your kids would not have met somebody else through, they do the legwork, which is often very long conversations at night between very young people who have no idea what's going on with life yet, and lots of doubts and backwards and forwards, and this is a lot of time, and that time is worth money. And, uh, and so therefore, one has to make sure to, to pay the shadchan. Now, it turns out to be who's responsible for this. La halacha, it's actually both the chosan and the kala. They're expected to pay, each, each of us have to pay half of the, the shadchan fee. 
Um, but today, generally speaking, with uh, a lot of people getting engaged very young, they don't have the wherewithal. And generally speaking, the parents take care of that, but it should be split between the two families. When is paid, as the Ramah already indicates, is dependent on convention. So meaning to say, depending on when this is, a lot of people wait till later. Some people say at the beginning of the engagement process, let's, let's do this. The reason why it's complicated is because what happens if, if the engagement does break, then so, okay, so then, then you know, do, was that a successful shidduch? Um, so, uh, the, but there's also as to what the convention is, depends on the locale as well. So, it, it meaning to say, I, I think when I was, I was asking around, I believe in the Vard of Queens says uh, something like $1,800, and in, I think the five towns, it's, uh, it's more depending on the convention. And then you have people who have their own rates, right? So, it becomes complicated. So, let's say you have a person who, who says, I, if you enlist my services, my rate is $10,000, you know, as an example, right? So, if they agree to that at the beginning, then yes, but if they only reveal their rates after everything is said and done and the Lachaim is had, that's not necessarily the case if they didn't know about this and they weren't committed to this um, uh, as well. But if, let's say, there was a person who was helping them out but did not quantify, so let's say it was a friend, it was a neighbor it was a, who got involved, they, they got involved in this process, and then afterwards, um, afterwards you say, ah, oh, well, it was just a favor, meaning you say, um, you say it was just a favor. Well, th that's not the way it works. They have to say, I, I, I forgive. My, 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 my fee for it to be a favor. You can't forgive their fee for them, right? So, so it, it's, it's considered a responsibility of the families themselves. If the families don't have the financial means for this, the responsibility does fall back on the shoulders of the chas and the kalim. This is something they, if they can't even do now, they should do afterwards. I've actually had the question a number of years later, people say, I didn't know about this. I wasn't aware of this, should we? And the answer is yes. Yes, if you, if you haven't figured it out yet, you can still go back and make sure that the, the Shadchan is paid. The Shadchan may say, oh, forget about it. That's fine. They can forgive it. But don't you forgive it for them. Without this, and it's seen as a, also a simon bracha as well. Um, are there any protocols for seeing each other during engagement? So in the more modern world, people are like, what are you talking about? But, yeah, but it, um, as you go to the more, um, the, the, the more yeshivish world, there are what's called gedarim. Gedarim means to say, is how often should young men and young women see each other? So you say, what kind, of, what kind of business is this? And the truth is, is that it is an important um, concept. So depending on how long that engagement period is and how proximate they are to each other, if it's different cities, well, that's one thing. But if, let's say, they're living in the same neighborhood, they're going to be seeing each other, you know, every day, this, this is a relationship which becomes complicated because uh, in a certain sense, it's, it's a, you, you now are, are spending time with somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with. And you know that they want to spend the rest of their lives with you. That's a very heady and, uh, and overwhelming um, feeling. And at the same time, there's a glass ceiling called Shmiras Nagia, right? So you're not married yet. So that makes things just a little more complicated. And so it's important to have some degree of, of space which is created. So there's, there's, this is not a halachic um, framework. So you will not find this in Shulchan Aruch, but it's common sense is that, is that a, a couple should sit down the beginning engagement and say, there's going to be a lot of things we need to speak to each other about, and we've got a lot of things to plan. So let the planning, okay, that's one department. But let's say it's not just planning. It's going out for, to, to play mini golf. It's going out to hang out and do a walk on the boardwalk, all those things. Let's let the, oh, is it going to be one time a week, two times a week? What are we going to do? And so there's also, you create, you, you create a space of suspense and excitement, and, it's, and you're also not uh, getting into complicated ter territory as well. In, 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 in Torah thought, it's perhaps we'll leave, we'll leave with this as well. And, uh, and that is, is that we usually use the model of a Rusin because that was the way it was used at the, at the time of the Torah. And the, the, the most profound 
description of this to me is is the description at the beginning of Yeshua. Why? Because Akharish Baruch Hu actually uh, is, is speaking to the Northern Kingdom of Israel at the time, uh, play, and and they they. They're just not living up to the standards. They're shortly about to be exiled because of centuries of, uh, of institutionalized, nationalized um, infidelity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And uh, he then t- t- turns to Hoshea and says, Hoshea, as a prophet, I want, um, you know, I want you to um, marry this woman who is, who is a woman of ill repute and have children with her. Is, does this happen? Is it a metaphor? <laughs> Very complicated. I have a children, and and these children are called children without compassion. And uh, and then and then Hashem says, well, can you now send her out? Um, and she has infidelity under him. And and is is this going? To, and the, the the complexity of relationships that Hashem says I have with the nation of Israel. You know, I, I married them. And we had this mo- this this time of commitment and and engagement, and we got married, and then like Knesset Israel found other 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 deities, right? The Canaan, and they went to bed with the Canaanite gods, and and uh, and there was uh, you know there, there was Baal Peor, and there was Molech, and all these other folks in the Canaanite pantheon. Why not? Ideologically, at the beginning, it was really out of necessities. We just want rain for our crops, right? So <laughs> we're just going to hedge. So we'll 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 pay off the Canaanite gods whatever they need. And Akash Baruch Hu says, and like, I, I love you, but what are you doing? And, and so after this, in the second Pekosh Hashem says, I'll take you back. I'll take you back after all, everything you, you, you did and ignored in our relationship. And this, this is the first two prakim of Hashem. It's a, it's a very painful, painful set of prakim to read. And at the end of that is very famously where Akash Baruch Hu says three commitments to Israel, which is, I will betroth you forever. And this, this, uh, and this um, betrothal will be based on tzedek and mishpat, which is which is um, din, and chesed and rachamim, which is mercy. That'll be uh, the, these two pole, uh, two pillars. Hashem will be with faithfulness, faithfulness to me, faithfulness from me to you, and you to me. That's that's the that's the basis for our renewal of our relationship. And that's and that in fact is what when men put on their tefillin, they um, the, there's there's three rings which are wrapped around the center finger, and the the custom is to say these three psukim one with each ring, right? Relating relating to the idea of it's a Baruch Hu giving the engagement ring, giving the gift to us, right? And a reminder of the responsibilities that that comes with. But um, so it's important to remember the the, the last two, which is. That the engagement requires tzedek and mishpat and chesed and rachamim. Right? There's times to stand on principle, and there's times not to stand on principle. The latter being the more. And um, and the idea of faithfulness. Faithfulness doesn't just mean physically; it means emotionally and socially too. Right? It's no longer appropriate just to speak to anyone else in the same way um, as well. There's 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 faithfulness to this relationship, um, but. The first one is what strikes me as the most profound, and that is, is Hashem says He wants an internal erusin with us, an internal engagement, so to speak, with us um, as well, which comes back to precisely the uniqueness and the artificial nature of engagement itself. And that is engagement is this incredible time of romance, right? And so it's this time where, you know, you, you, you so anticipate, you so can't wait to see your fiancé, 
And it's so exciting every time he turns the corner, she turns the corner, we see each other. It's so powerful, such an moving time. But it's not real. It's not real life yet, right? There aren't mortgages. There aren't, there, you know, there isn't garbage to be taken out. There aren't kids in the picture. This is, it's not real life yet, right? It's, it's, it's a wonderful time. Um, it's a time of anticipation and ex- excitement. But like, tachlis, like, let's see what it's really about when, when, you, when, when the rubber meets the road. But sometimes when the rubber meets the road and it's real, and the commitments and the responsibility is real, then we forget about that, that initial ex- excitement and experience as well. And it, it takes me back to, uh, to, to, I once went to a marriage workshop um, given by John and Julie um, Gottman, leading world marriage therapists, they live in Washington State. And um, they've even coined the Gottman, the Gottman method. Of, um, of marriage therapy, and they were, they were speaking to therapists, and a few Smecha students got to come in as well at a Nefesh conference, like there were 800 people at this conference, and they were describing the methods in therapy and so on, and, um, and they're describing when they see a marriage on the rocks, and what, what's, what are the four signs for this, and can you rehabilitate this as well, and, and then they were doing some, not role-playing, but Julie was, is the therapist, John is the researcher, and she was showing some videos of a couple that had consented to go through this, and she's showing this is what this is what this looks like, and this is what, and, and it was really, 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 really very instructive. But, but one of the things that they, that they say is when you see a relationship which is on the rocks, when you see a relationship which is going through a, a really tough time, one of the questions they ask is, is tell me how you first met. Now, tell me how you first met. And so there's like you know two versions of how that how that goes. Uh, you know, one version could um, could be like, is that, you know, and they're in the middle, middle of an argument and it's, and it's a little bit of an acrimonious time. So one version could go is, um, they'll sort of like, you know, she, she'll lift her eyes and sort of like think and say, you know, I remember it was so funny. I was actually supposed to be going out with a friend, but then like he mixed up and then I saw you and, uh, and, uh, and it was funny because I never thought in, the, in the, my wildest dreams that I'd even say yes to you. And we went out and remember the taxi, you know, dropped us off at the wrong block and you stepped in the puddle. And it was just, <laughs> remember, and, then, and then he says, yeah, it was funny because then when we got back, it was one o'clock. We thought it was 12 o'clock. I hadn't changed the clocks yet. And, and they started like laughing about that experience. Then the other way it can go is, is, is like she'll say like, and I can't believe you're riding my house in the green sweater. I never thought I'd live that down, you know, and that, and then and then what happens is 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 the cynicism sort of penetrates their what we call their now cynicism penetrates their remembrance of their first meeting. He says you can rehabilitate a relationship in the former case and not in the latter usually, because if there is a, a bedrock of of that that moment of sort of that that innocent moment of connection and time they spent together. You can build off of that. You can start there. But if already that has been poisoned by the cynicism and pain and, and disappointment in each other, that goes back to that initial moment, it's very hard to rehabilitate. And so Hashem says, is, I want you to be committed and we're going to be married, but I want you to also have that eternal excitement that still lives on in this, in, in the, in this, in this relationship from day one as well. And in order to have that, you need to have all the, fi- the finances and the agreements and the commitments. and the, That's all there. But it needs to also be that you have this beauty as well, Be'ezra Hashem. So next week, God willing, we'll get to the next stages as well, Be'ezra Hashem. And uh, looking forward to continuing.